welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast on trauma-informed practice brought to you by Connects Academy. As an approved provider of the fully funded senior mental health lead training, we're acutely aware of the challenges young people are facing with their mental health and the challenges schools are facing supporting students with this. Some of the topics we are discussing in this podcast may be distressing or cause triggers. Please take time out and seek support if you're affected by any of the content today. Our guests today are Andy Bridge, Deputy Head Teacher, and Debbie Davis, Head Teacher in Senko. You will remember that last week we looked at proactive approaches to support children with trauma, specifically concentrating on the use of Dan Hughes PACE, P-A-C-E, which stands for Playfulness, Acceptance, Curiosity and Empathy. Please do seek help and support if this podcast has affected you in any way. Today we'll be looking at the process of recovery from trauma. So I'm going to start by asking Andy, where do we start in respect to the process of recovery? Hi Georgia. Yeah, so I think you've touched upon this before, but we know that, well, I think firstly the thing that we need to remember is it is possible to recover from trauma. Um, You know, because a child's gone through trauma, there are a lot of negative effects from that, but that doesn't have to determine the rest of their life. They can recover from it. And I think that's important for us to bear in mind as the starting point. And, and we talked right at the start of this series about how the brain is affected by trauma and how it um, adapts and, and it becomes conditioned to manage that trauma. But absolutely, the brain is, is always adapting, it's always changing. So it's us remembering that it can adapt again, it can change to stop dealing with trauma, it can adapt and and work again, thriving in a safe environment. Um, so it, it's us being accepting and knowledgeable that, that that is very possible, but it's not easy and it's not fast. And there's, you know, there's sometimes a long, difficult process to go on um, as part of that recovery, but it, it is absolutely possible. Um, and there's there's a researcher Carolyn Spring, and she sums up that process I think really well. And she says trauma adapts us to a life prepared for danger or threat, not a life of peace and calm and joyful, fulfill, fulfilling relationships. So that's what trauma does to us. It makes our brain prepared for that, and we then need to train the brain back into a life of calm and joy and fulfilling relationships certainly something I think that we all strive for, not just uh, young children. Thank you, Andy, for that introduction. So, Debbie, can you talk us through some of the strategies that help professionals and children to move towards recovery? Hi, Georgie. Hi, Andy. Uh, Yes, of course. So, Dr Jockers uh, was really most helpful to me when, when I looked Um, when I look on the internet and I'm researching and uh, basically Dr Jocker talks about eight strategies to recover from from trauma so the eight strategies I'll I'll just share them with you is is to have a a full psychological evaluation we'll we'll go through these in some some detail finding a trauma specialist finding a functional medicine doctor exercise self-regulation techniques and stress reduction 
sleep, clean up your diet and seek support. Thank you for uh, introducing those and they certainly seem uh, very sensible approaches to uh, sort of the road to recovery. So Andy, what areas can we focus in on in school to help children that are trying to recover from a trauma? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer, well, really is all of them. So we, we can't do any of them on our own. I think this is where it comes back to ideas we've looked at before on, on this podcast about partnership working about being open to working with other agencies and other stakeholders because a school alone can't possibly cover all of those things but if we work in partnership with clinical teams and psychologists and health and nutrition and um, health and social care workers then together we can have a massive impact in in all of those areas um, you know I, I work in very much a mainstream setting and we've got access to um, you know, some provisions on site like counsellors, um, but much more specialist provisions, some of the places that Debbie's worked, they might have their own clinical teams um, with, you know, very, very highly qualified clinical professionals working with them. So whether they are members of our own team or NHS workers, partnership workers, us being open to that partnership working and knowing that we don't have all the answers ourselves, but together, we, we can kind of come together and help the child in all of those areas. I think it's just so important to, to bear in mind. Thank you, Andy. And I think it's interesting to hear about the the, the essential support that ch the child and caregivers. So, Debbie, what about the reference to um, sort of medicine doctors? What 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 does that mean? So, if you, if you've got an experienced functional medicine prov provider you they will look into the holistic person which including all symptoms they'll work through your situation like a puzzle and note where where the gaps are and and where it, there were imbalances which underpin your health scenario so this might include physical trauma symptoms and, and again a doctor will support here to di type to direct you on this path as well Thank you. So I think we talked uh, in the in the eight sort of different strategies from Dr. Jocker about sleep, exercise and cleaning up your diet. They seem to be general health tips. But Andy, can you explain the significance in respect of, of these recovering from trauma? Yeah, like they are. They are general health tips. But what we know is that um, exercise, diet, it it helps us with a healthy mindset and um, a, a child who's been through trauma if they're trying to recover from that they need that healthy mindset so anything that we can do seems like small steps like exercise like healthy eating kind of primes the brain to move into recovery mode um so you know it can be as simple as jogging walking running dancing um making sure you know from school's perspective there's sometimes a a tendency in schools when we're under so much pressure with things like exam results to think actually let's let's withdraw the children from PE and give them extra English and math but actually that exercise is so important and, and that balance between academic study and exercise um, and again you know as schools we've got um, a responsibility to ensure that the food that we're serving is nutritional it is going to benefit the children in terms of their diet and um, you know regular sleep we've got little control over in school but we can promote the benefits of good sleep you know young children need 11 or 12 hours a day teenagers maybe eight and a half to nine and a half hours um 
and certainly like the local offer from an SEM perspective can provide information on sleeping well, services that can support with sleep training for younger children. So all of those things, they do sound like general health and wellbeing tips, but they're kind of really one of the first stages on that road to trauma recovery. Thanks, Andy. And, and Debbie, we've touched upon self-regulation in, in this series and sort of self-agency. Can we just revisit this for us and, and, and link that to um, perhaps a child going through the journey to recovery from trauma? Do you know, I, I could speak about this for a whole podcast, to be honest, Georgie. But in a nutshell, we're talking about applying easy techniques of mindful breathing and relaxation, working through skills to calm and help children to tolerate distress and, and really unbearable negative emotions that they might have. Feel, uh, learning simple meditation or yoga, whatever you choose to make it, it, it brings you relief and, and you really enjoy it. In fact, I know that you, you've told me, Georgie, that you do a little bit of yoga and, and the benefits are there. I mean, you'll know that yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And and we certainly, we, with, uh, we mentioned about the senior mental health lead training that we do. And as part of that, we've, we've built in so that the idea is that it's training up um, people to support and, and bring about whole school change around mental health and well-being. Um, not just for children that are recovering from trauma, but sort of generally, and we're talking about teachers and colleagues and also children within that area. And as part of that package, we've actually put together a series of um, sort of short stress management, meditation, breathing activities, and we've called them mindful moments. So they are actually available on Spotify and also as part of our Senior Mental Health League course as well. Um, but I personally, I, I love my yoga and it is actually, I get teased, teased at home but because uh, I'm surrounded by uh, lots of testosterone. Um, but actually, it, it's a benefit for me. I find it really helpful to kind of manage um, my sort of breathing and, and also sort of help with sort of stretching and health. And also, it's really good to switch off from, from when you're even working from home, that virtual commute if you like. So um, I will close the podcast shortly with an extract from um, the NHS UK that can help us use in in all times of stress. So anyone can access that and, and walk through if they're really having a terrible time. But before I do this, please do seek support if you know someone of who's having or continues to experience trauma, not just children, but adults as well. Reach out, pick up the phone or uh, just a helping hand can make such a difference. Isolation is so detrimental to emotional well-being, and more and more as we're working from home, that can also be a significant challenge. So connecting with other people doesn't mean you need to discuss your experiences, but it's just actually reaching out and having that virtual coffee. Um, you can refer back to some of these in podcast one of this series, which we also point out some support methods and websites, so we hope that this helps. Connects Academy is proud to be a DFE provider of the approved senior mental health lead training. You can find out more by visiting connects-academy.com. You can pick up our After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And hopefully you can access these on your daily commutes if you're having your breathing exercises or as your focus for the day. Thank you for listening to After the Bell. And I'm now going to close with this calming breathing technique. So uh, a 
appreciate if you can sit and listen for this and uh, we'll just take a moment. So this calming breathing technique for stress, anxiety and panic takes just a few minutes and can be done anywhere. And you can access this on the NHS UK. You'll get the most benefit if you do it regularly as part of your daily routine. And you can do it standing up, sitting in a chair that supports your back or lying on a bed or yoga mat on the floor. Make yourself as comfortable as you can. And if you can loosen any clothes that restrict your breathing. If you're lying down, place your arms a little bit away from your sides with the palms up. Let your legs be straight or bend your legs or knees so your feet are flat on the floor. If you're sitting, place your arms on the chair arms. If you're sitting or standing, place both feet flat on the ground. Whatever position you're in, place your feet roughly hip width apart. Let your breath flow as deep down into your belly as is comfortable without forcing it. Try breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Breathe in gently and regularly. Some people find it helpful to count steadily from one to five. You may not be able to reach five at first. Then let it flow out gently, counting from one to five again, if you find this helpful. Keep doing this for at least five minutes. Thank you for listening to our series of podcasts on trauma-informed practice.